Welcome back, mamas. It's Danielle Goss, the Booby Fairy, and welcome to episode two in season three of the broad the podcast, The Booby Fairy. This week's episode is going to be a solo one because it's been a while, y'all, since I've had the chance to kind of chat just about everything that's been going on. And um, this season, we've got a lot of fun guests. And last week, I just love Dr. Viv, and it's just been awesome to have her. But I wanted to talk about the book and give you a sneak peek. So I decided that this week I'm going to read um, a couple chapters, just like the first one, the second one, just kind of give you a little insight into why I did this. So for years, you know, I've been asked to write a breastfeeding book and it was so daunting to me, which is why I wrote Veggie Tales, because it seemed like an easier start to see if I was even capable of doing it. And after I published that last June with my mom, which is even more hilarious, I realized, okay, I think I can do this. And I sat down, but I wanted to create a book that was different than any of the other breastfeeding books out there. I wanted it to be fun and funny and entertaining, but at the same time, educational. I had a, a, a mom write a review on the book saying that it was like a million different Google searches put into one professionally speaking. So that that just made me giggle because we all know that Google is our nemesis. So um, I, I sat down and I was like, you know what, I'm going to write it from the perspective as if you're in the room with me during a lactation consult, give you all a feel of what it's kind of like to work with me. Because I like to think outside the box. I like to just do things a little different. And I share a lot about my own stories in this book. I go beyond breastfeeding. Also, I talk and I dive into, um, you know, postpartum depression and I share my story in that. Um, there's a chapter in here about when survivors breastfeed. So, uh, if you have a history of sexual assault, which is a huge passion of mine, I will do an episode on that. Um, when I'm ready, um, it was a lot to write and it's a lot of vulnerability to just put that out in there in the world. Um, but it is in the book because I think it's an important thing that we go over. So I will bravely share that chapter aloud to you all later on in the season, but I just wanted to start it off and give a little bit of taste of what's going on for my first couple of chapters, which is just the basics. So if you're new to breastfeeding, if you know of a mom that is just in need of something, I, highly um, recommend taking a little peek at the book. I have it, of course, in my link tree. You can find it on my website. Uh, it's available exclusively on Amazon at the moment in paperback, in hard copy, and Kindle. Kindle, obviously, you can get right away. But I also created a video series that's 10 videos long, each about 10 to 15 minutes. And it's kind of like breastfeeding 101, but in a more laid back as if your big sister was in there. Um, kind of coaching you as well in both the class and the book, both of which are available on my website as well. Um, and I am running a special for Mother's Day. Yay! So you can get $20 off the package um, if you go to my website and type in Mom's Day. Uh, and you can get that discount right then and there, which would be super cool. So if you know of a mama that's in need this week, y'all, like, let's do it. Let's get it to her. Uh, but here's just some of the, what I kind of touch in the book. I also dive into things that no one tells you about. I talk about sex. I talk about birth control. I talk about 
you know, why formula can be medicine at times, you know, all the different types of pumps. I, everything that no one tells you about is in this book. It's kind of a one-stop shop. Oh, and of course I'm going to hiccup along the way. Um, so without further ado, my friends, let's dive in to chapter one of the Booby Fairies Guide to Breastfeeding. So uh, we kind of go a few chapters in. The foreword was written by one of my um, dear, dear friends, Serena Vincent. She was on season one. She is going to be coming on this, se this season as well to talk to about her new book. But her story is so familiar to all of you. And um, she generously wrote the foreword for this breastfeeding book, be talking about her journey. Um, and it, it was pretty fun to, to kind of see how that worked out. But here we go. So without further ado, don't mind that. Chapter one, breastfeeding, the why, the what, and the who. It is 3 a.m. There you lie on your bed, staring at the ceiling with ice diapers adorning your breasts and other regions, all while trying to wrap your head around the idea that you just brought a tiny, crying, pooping, life-changing human into the world. Congrats! You officially made it through pregnancy and birth and have entered into the overwhelming life that is parenting. Most likely you have attended many classes, read books, listened to podcasts, <clears throat> and of course Googled everything in preparation for this moment. You survived the birth. The rest should be easy, right? Right? Take a breath, mama. We are just getting started. I've got you, girl. I have been there and you are not alone. I will never forget the first time I held my daughter Alyssa in my arms. She was crying, bright-eyed, and rooting like crazy. The nurse placed her on my chest, and she began the adorable head bobble that newborns do looking for their first meal. It amazed me just how instinctual everything was. I didn't understand until that moment how you could completely fall in love with someone you had just met. I was not prepared in the least, but had no other choice but to dive in completely. As terrified as I was, my maternal instincts kicked in and I knew I would do whatever it took to protect my child. It did not matter what anyone said or did. She was mine and I would sacrifice my own needs for hers. That is motherhood. Since the moment you saw the double pink line on your pee stick stating that you were pregnant, I'm sure people have been saying, you're going to breastfeed, right? There's a lot of pressure nowadays to breastfeed it. And you may feel that if you don't breastfeed, you will be classified into a group of those feeders. Yet you may be thinking, I mean, I think so. I'll try it. But what about all the horror stories I hear? What about the women who say they had infections and sore nipples and that it was the hardest thing they've ever done? Is it really worth all that? What if I don't really want to? Will I be looked down upon? These are questions that only you can answer but I would like to ease a little bit of that anxiety if I can. I remember thinking the first time I latched Alyssa, what is the big deal? I have breasts, she has a mouth, it's natural. What is the problem? I didn't understand what the big deal was, why everyone was so worked up about it. I was 22 and very naive. I had my moments like lying in bed engorged, crying at a Taco Bell commercial because I couldn't decide if I wanted a taco or a Mexi melt. You know, legit baby blues concerns. <laughs> Postpartum is a hoot. But for the most part, Alyssa was a cake to feed. I had gobs of milk and no issues latching and I breastfed her still, breastfed her till she was nine months old. 
I thought that this was the greatest, easiest thing ever. But 21 months later, Elena was born. Feeding her, birthing her, raising her was a completely different ballgame. It was hard. I hated it. I will never forget staring at her when she was six days old and thinking, I can't feed her. My nipples are bleeding and possibly will fall off if I latch this baby just one more time. My experience with her was completely different. I was working in the mother baby unit at the hospital I delivered her in, and I'm pretty sure that everyone I worked with saw my nipples. I could not figure out for the life of me why this was so painful, so different. It was the same set of boobs as before, yet there I sat in the middle of the night staring at this tiny 5-pound, 12-ounce barracuda baby. It was absolute hell. My professor from UCSD, where I had obtained my training for childbirth education and eventually would do my IVCLC, that's Internationally Board Certified Lactation Consultant training, just happened to be in the hospital that day and decided to come and see me. First thing she says is, oh my goodness, your baby has a heart-shaped tongue. At the time, I had no clue what that meant. And to be honest, I don't think she did yet either. We knew it was some form of an oral tie, but 17 years ago, we were just starting to pay attention to oral restrictions. Don't worry, ladies. I have a whole section on tongue ties in this book. Oral ties, also known as tots or tethered oral tissue, is where the frenulum restricts the function of the tongue, lip, and anatomy of the mouth. All I knew was that this baby fed differently than my last, and I was miserable. Everything that could go wrong with breastfeeding went wrong. I had low supply, clogs, mastitis, thrush, and a constantly crying baby with feeding aversions. You name it, I had it. My postpartum depression was through the roof, and I felt extremely alone. There was so much pressure on me to breastfeed because of my job, and I felt trapped. I ended up being a closet bottle feeder, too embarrassed to admit that I wasn't actually putting this baby at the breast. I would pump and bottle feed her my milk instead, which, by the way, still breastfeeding, because putting her on the breast was just too hard. I was anxious, paranoid she was starving, worried that she was spitting up constantly, and frustrated that I couldn't provide nourishment to this child like I could with my last baby. I was crying, she was crying, it was a mess. Finally, a very wise friend of mine who also happened to be my OBGYN sat me down and gave me permission to quit breastfeeding at five months in. She told me that the most important thing I could do is make sure I fed my baby in a way that makes me the best mom. I needed that permission to quit and for someone to tell me that I wasn't a horrible mother for changing to formula. Mom guilt is real, you guys, and she was absolutely right. My philosophy has always been this. Number one, you feed your baby in a way that works. And number two, you do what is going to make you the best mom for your baby. That is what is most important. From that moment on, I knew what I needed to do with my life. I needed to become a lactation consultant to help other mothers going through the challenges that I had. Elena changed my life path, and I am so very grateful that she did. Sometimes moms need permission from a professional to quit and do what is best for them. I have always made it my goal as an IBCLC to meet moms where they are and help them meet the goals they desire. It has nothing to do with me or my beliefs. It has everything to do with this mother and her baby. Breastfeeding is not for everyone. And those of us in the lactation consultant breastfeeding specialist community completely understand that. 
For some women, the thought of it really makes them uncomfortable. And those mommies may decide to pump and bottle feed only, which again is still breastfeeding. I give a lot of credit to women who make that decision for that takes strong determination and just shows what an awesome mom they are. Others might want to try and see where it goes. Whatever direction you choose to go, what is important is that you make the choice that is going to make you the best mommy. Remember that every day of breastfeeding is a gift to that baby, whether that be one day or two years. It will provide them with ultimate nutrients and a wonderful start to life. Overwhelming scientific evidence has proved that breast milk is the most complete form of nutrition for infants. Breast milk is comprised of water, fats, proteins, carbohydrates, minerals, vitamins, DHA, ARA, enzymes, antiparasitics, antiallergens, antivirals, growth hormones, live antibodies, and so much more. There is nothing like it. It is a living fluid with the ability to change based on the needs of the baby and the length of lactation. When the baby latches, his saliva absorbs into the breast, signaling to the mother's body what the baby needs. For example, if your baby is fighting a virus or bacteria, the mother's body will react to the virus in the baby's saliva and create leukocytes and antibodies specific to that illness and pass those antibodies through to make the milk of the baby. When this happens, you can often see the color of the breast milk change. The milk will have more of a yellow tinge, which is proof of those cells working. One of the coolest aspects about breast milk, in my opinion, is that our bodies can decipher the difference in enzymes and tweak the consistency to match the baby's nutritional needs. If the baby's dehydrated, the mother's body will pour more fluid into the milk for hydration. If the baby needs more fat and protein, then your milk will produce that. It is the perfect food for their gut. The longer a woman lactates, the more she will see the changes in her milk, both in consistency and color. Breast milk can be blue, green, red, yellow, white, and so on. Often what you eat can also flavor and color the milk. If you have spinach or kale, it will be bluish and beets can turn it red. Pretty cool, right? Breasts are sensitive, miracle-giving, superpower love jugs. I'm talking magnificent slayer of viruses and diseases and make a baby grow creations. Treat them with respect, people. I have been saying for months that I am sure breast milk could cure COVID. I mean, seriously, has the CDC considered putting breast milk on the coronavirus? I'm telling you, women could save the pandemic by making it rain. I can see it now. Lactating women standing on balconies, spraying their breast milk over the streets. We will save humanity. Could you imagine that scene? The speech from Dr. Fauci would be epic. Breastfeeding reaps great health benefits for not only the baby, but the mother, her family, the healthcare system, and our society as well. Breast milk has been proven to treat conjunctivitis in the eye, skin disorders such as eczema and psoriasis, and ear infections, and it might even prove useful in treating prostate cancer. A scientist who was studying prostate cancer cells in a lab was pumping and accidentally spilled her pumped milk on the Petri dish. To her excited surprise, the life components of the milk completely obliterated the cancer. How amazing is that? That has opened up a new realm of cancer research, and you can better believe that if my husband gets prostate cancer, he will absolutely be getting breast milk. I mean, I will most likely have to induce lactation on myself, but that is another topic for another chapter. So let us look at the scientific facts. The American Academy of Pediatrics and the U.S. Surgeon General recommended exclusive breastfeeding for at least the first six months of life to a year, or for however long is desired by mother and baby. The reasons include those we have discussed, as well as others. 
as well as others. The benefits for the baby uh, include breast milk is perfect nutrition that continually changes to meet growth and developmental needs. Breast milk is easy to digest, resulting in fewer digestive problems. Antibodies in breast milk keep babies healthier, resulting in fewer ear, respiratory, and urinary tract infections. Breastfed infants have a decreased inf incidence of SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome. And breastfed children are less likely to suffer from diabetes, asthma, allergies, obesity, and childhood cancers. The benefits for mom, it helps moms recover and the uterus to return to pre-pregnant size more quickly. In some women, the calorie burn of lactating can also aid in weight loss. Decrease her size or her, and her risk for type 2 diabetes. Just decrease her risk of breast and ovarian cancer. Breast milk is always ready to use, easy to transport, and access. Statistically, breastfeeding moms average more sleep than formula feeding moms. Now, some may argue that breastfeeding can even have societal benefits by saving on long-term health care being kinder to the environment, and resulting in fewer missed days of work for the mother. So yes, there is overwhelming scientific evidence that breast milk is better than formula. However, I never want a woman to feel ashamed for how she chooses to feed her baby, period. Ultimately, breastfeeding is a mother's choice. You have to do what is best for you and your baby, but also what is going to make you a better mother in the long run. If this is your first time breastfeeding, be sure to surround yourself with women who support you. It takes a village. Seriously, back in the day, a village of aunties would pass baby along and breastfeed each other's kids. They supported and lifted each other up. That is what we need to do as women. Girl, breastfeeding is hard. Parenting is hard. Being a woman is hard. We have to learn as a society to lift each other up in a way that is loving and not tear people down if they have different views and choices. Be proud of what you've accomplished. If you attempted to breastfeed and it felt it didn't work for you, that's okay. You did the best you could with the knowledge and support you had at the time. Each drop of breast milk your child gets is a gift. But if it isn't for you, know that you are still making a positive impact on your child by providing them with the next best thing. You, my friend, are powerful. Chapter one, my friends. If you liked what you read and would love to hear more, I am going to periodically be reading more chapters as we go through. Um, but I wanted to just give a little taste of what this book is about and hopefully pique your interest a little bit. This is something that obviously, I, as I mentioned before, I, I tell my own story in it. I, I talk a lot of personal vulnerable moments, but I wanted to actually touch a little bit before I say good day, good day, say hello, say good day on this episode uh, about the formula shortage that we're having right now. It's breaking my heart because you as moms now have far more pressure on you to breastfeed than ever before. And I can't imagine how scary that might feel because we don't have the resources like we used to. Homemade formula is just not safe. A lot of the, the standard formulas are hard to find right now just because of what's going on in our world. Um, even some of the best formula companies out there, such as Bobby, um, Hip, Hole. Hip and Hole are European ones, and those are you can only get online. Bobby's fantastic, but even they are not able to take on too many new 
patient or, or mamas right now because their resources are limited because of what we're able to get. And there used to be this sense of comfort of like, okay, well, if breastfeeding didn't go how I, how I planned, at least we had that option. So I want to encourage you, if you are struggling and this is a real fear and concern of yours, please reach out to me. You can always do virtual consults with me. I can talk about ways to increase your supply. We can talk about ways of getting donor breast milk if that's what needs to happen. We can talk about ways of getting formula from the formula shortage. And especially even the the formula we had here in California, I'm sure it was nationwide. Similac had, of course, the salmonella outbreak in the few cans they had. And I just, it's, it's a difficult time. So all that being said, I want you guys to support one another in the choices that you're making in regards to breastfeeding, bottle feeding, breast milk, formula. Sometimes it needs to be a hot combo of both. We have a lot of health concerns that are limiting our ability to make milk right now, just from an autoimmune standpoint in regards to how we give birth. There's a lot of different things that impact our supply. And so if you have a low supply or are struggling to create what needs for the baby, or, you know, we're also seeing a massive increase in tongue ties because of the MTHFR gene mutation. If those things are happening, it's going to hinder the ability for you to make milk as well. And it's going to cause the baby to burn more calories. So the pressure is just so intense on you guys. And I feel for you and know that I am here for you. If you need anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. I delve a lot more in depth into a lot of these topics in my book. Feel free to, um, you can order, if you would like a signed copy from me, you can order that directly on my website, which is uh, daniellegoss.com. I'm happy to do that. I'm also on Cameo now. I know that's so crazy. So if you want a personalized message or if you have advice or, you know, I've had so many sweet mamas go, I wish I could just hear your voice over and over again, Danielle. I'm, I'm happy to do that. You can find all that information on my Instagram, which is at Danielle Goss IBCLC. Uh, you can always find me on TikTok at the Booby Fairy. And of course, uh, the video series and books, as well as signed personalized, is on my website at www.daniellegoss.com. All right, guys, I hope you have a fantastic Mother's Day. Know just how incredibly loved you are. And I am so blessed to be able to walk alongside each and every one of you in this journey. Take care and have a blessed day, you guys.